So this part. You know, every summer we have in our camp, our camp there is counselors who are coming from, from Chabad Kart girls who come from New York, from other places, coming to be counselors, but they're staying with us for two months. The whole camp, throughout the camp. And the first Shabbos, every time we sit by the table, we go around the table, every, everyone introduces himself, who they are, from which city they are, from which country they are. Many times they come from different countries. You get, I get to know, I get to learn about the families. Many times I know the families, many times I don't say I know. And it's also interesting to hear what's going on in other communities, you know, what type of community you grow up, what the, how many Jews are there. And it's very entertaining. One of the years, a few years ago, one of the counselors, she came from Holland. I said, why your parents? She tells me, my both parents are converts. She's a Chabad girl. I was very surprised. Like, usually, you know, family is a convert. One of them is a convert. The other one is Jewish, usually, 99.9. But to find a couple, a family that both of them are convert is very unusual. It's very real. Let's put it this way. Then I asked them, why your parents decided suddenly to non-Jewish, a non-Jewish couple to convert to Judaism? And they did that after they had two children already. And she tells me something very interesting. Her father's father, her grandfather, was, was a, he worked for the Protestant church in the Dutch Protestant church in Holland. And they, because they, during the war, they were not nice to the Jews, not helpful, and not only not helpful, they were even helping, helping, uh, they were, they were, they were uh, helping to catch Jews, helping the Nazis a little bit. Then after the war, they changed things around completely. They became very sensitive. And they established a job almost like, a, like an ambassador of the Protestant church to Israel. He should, ever, he should live in Israel. He should know the people personally. And he should, he should report to their church members. Thousands and maybe millions of church members. Should tell them what's going on. His, her grandfather was the person the, the, the family that they sent to Jerusalem to live in Jerusalem for a six-year period with an with a option to extend it for another six years to live in Israel and to report. They should, have any, they should be able to really, real life, not even from the news, to really have conversations and, and uh, talk to Israelis and really know what's going on. The family of his father came in 1982 to Israel for a six years mission, okay. job. They settled in Jerusalem. Your father went to school, to the public school in Israel, the Jewish public school in Israel. Meanwhile, it broke out the, Leb the first Lebanon war. If you remember it was the story of Sabra and Shatila, it was the, you, you remember this? The they, Huh? The, the refugee camps. The refugee camps that the 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 the, 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 the Christian, Christians in, in Lebanon, the Arab Christians slaughtered the Muslims, mm -hmm. the Palestinians in the in the refugee camps. And the Jews were to be blamed. The Israelis were to be blamed. Only Jews can accomplish such thing. Then 
the media all over the world slamming Israel. It was so much against Israel, and, he, and, he, and he also in, in, in Noah, his father, his grandfather, the grandfather, was the only one who stood up. He knew it from first class, first level. He saw what's going on, and he went all over the news, all over the media in Holland, and he spoke against it. He said, "The Israelis are not, it's not the fault." That what's going on? He stood up very strongly to a point that even his centers, the Protestant church's bosses, did not appreciate his his enthusiasm. That is so much a supporter of Israel. Your father was at that time 15 years old when they came to Israel. He went to, he went to school. And you know, in his church, he was raised, then the living religion is Christianity. The Jewish religion is a dead religion. It's over. It's gone. So he comes to Israel, goes to school, and he discovered just the opposite. The Jewish religion is booming and, 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 and alive and kicking. And the Krishna religion, there's a few Krishna places here and there. And not only this, what caught his attention as a young, you know, a young teenager has questions. Why this and why this? And he's challenging in this. In the Krishna religion, you're not allowed to ask questions. Whoever asks questions is an apanapastite, I said. Yeah, yeah. Then, but in the Jewish religion, they tell them ask questions. The whole Talmud is best at questions. Go. We want to know. We want to understand. We are encouraging you not to questioning, but to ask questions. It's a big difference, by the way, but we're not going to. And he, and he liked it. When he finished high school, three years later, he went back. His parents stayed in Israel, but he went back to Holland to go to college. Took him a while to acclimate himself back to the island culture after he was three years in Israel. And he was so excited about Judaism and Jews. And then he, and he said, Holland didn't change. Holland stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his younger sister, when, she came to, when they came to Israel, she was 10 years old. She went, she continued in Israel. By the time she finished high school, she went to the Israeli army. And in the army, she converted to Judaism. She married an Orthodox Jew. Jewish boy, and established a nice Jewish religious family in Israel, in Ramat Gan. He used to come to Israel every summer. One of the summers, he made he met a girl from Ireland, a Christian girl from Ireland that your parents came for one year to see Israel, also to explore Israel. It was a, they were, many of the volunteers used to come to the Kibbutzim from Ireland, from these countries, Scandinavian countries. In any case, he met her and they continued to, they got to know each other and they met and they continued to be together in Ireland. And he, he, was, he, he, was, he was growing up in a city, it's called Delft, Delft, it's in, it's in um, Western Ireland. Yeah, that's where the city is. Delft, yep, you're right. Delft, you know, this, you know the name. Yeah, but I don't for, know where Holland is, but I know that's the name. Uh-huh, you, you're the one. Then, then, uh, then they, then, they, then they, because of this job, they moved to a city it's called Armstrong. Why he moved to this city? Because he knew that one day, and in this city they got married. He knew one day he wants to make Aliyah to Israel. He and his wife loved Israel. They want to make Aliyah to Israel. And to make Aliyah to Israel, you need to convert. That they need to be around the Jewish community. 
that they moved to arms from arms for, uh, port uh, Holland because in this city was an uh, ancient community Jewish community. The city alone was was built was established was founded over a thousand years ago, and there is already a few hundred years that there is a community now. And he got included. It's a small community, and he got involved, and he decided he, he and and he, and he converted. What he, what he discovered, and he started to search for his name. He discovered that his great great grandfather, in 1700, 300 years ago, when they built the shore, they built the shore almost 300 years ago, 1729. His great grandfather was one of the people who were founders of the show. And then his grandfather, his great his grandson, married somebody in the Jewish, and now it's a full cycle, he's coming back. And his davening is now the Gabbai of the shul, that his great, great grandfather in 1729 built the shul. Is this unbelievable? It's really an unbelievable story. I was like shocked. And he's now, he, he ended up not to make Aliyah to Israel for personal reasons. And he's he converted Orthodox and his kids are religious and everything. And he's, and he's the, the, one of the, one of the foundation of, he's like one of the pillars of the community. He told me, I asked him, I talked to him yesterday. I asked him, how many Jews are in your community? He tells me we have a hundred souls. You hear me? That's what I told him. The whole community, this is it, other people, other Jewish people, men, women, children, old, young, everything together. In this parsha, the name of the parsha is Itro, right? Who was Jetro? Jetro was a convert, the first official convert of the Jewish people. He was the Moses' father-in-law, and he came to the desert and he recognized the belief, the belief of the Jewish belief, and he became and he accepted Judaism. Jewish, Jewish religion. When he arrived to the desert with his daughter Tzipora, with his daughter Tzipora was Moses' wife, and with his two, two, two grandchildren, Gershon and Eliezer, Moses made them a welcome event unheard of. Because Moses came out of the, of the camp to, to meet him. If Moses goes, goes, Aaron goes. If Aaron goes, the 70 elders go. Basically, the whole nation came out to get Egypt, and then Moses made for him a nice meal, and Moses served them. It was unbelievable. But the question is, the book of Exodus tells us the story of the story of the exile and Exodus from Egypt, right? From the beginning. And it all goes by the order. Goes one top, oh, the whole story goes. Comes to the story of Jethro. You know, after the story of Jethro, the next part is the Ten Commandments. And the question is, why are you sticking the story of Jethro in the middle? We're having a story going on. Why, why Jethro? What, 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 what is it? You couldn't write him, you couldn't write the story after the Ten Commandments. After the Ten Commandments, it starts to speak about the laws, which also how you, that's the place to, to finish the story. You can put this. If the story of the Etro would be after the Ten Commandments, everything would make sense. But to stick the story of Jethro before the Ten Commandments doesn't make sense. You see, the beginning of the of Parshat Etro is uh, chapter um, 19. 
chapter 18. Chapter 19 starts, uh, started the Ten Commandments. If, if there's chapter 18, um, one second. Yeah, chapter 18 is completely out of place. If I if would be if I would be the author of the Bible, I would put chapter 18, chapter 18 after chapter 19. That's it. Everything would make sense. Then the Zohar says something very interesting. The Zohar says, until Jethro didn't come to the desert. And you know what he said when he heard about all the miracles? He was the first one to say, Baruch Hashem, bless God that he saved the Jewish, he saved the Jewish people. Then he said another line. Now I know, he said, that your God is greater than all other gods. And the Zohar says, only after Jethro came to the, to the desert and he announced that now he knows that, this, that uh, the Jewish God, the God is greater than all other idols. Only then God was able, God wanted to give the Torah to the Jewish people. It's because of him the Torah was given to the Jewish people. What does this mean? You want to tell me the Rebbe is asking that, and, and that Moses and Aaron was not good enough to give the Torah to the Jewish people. Six, 600,000 Jews were not good enough to give the Torah to the Jewish people. This Gentile came from the desert, came from Midian, from no, no man's land, and he was the one then because of him, God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. Then the, the Rebbe explains something very interesting. Itro, the Talmud says, Itro tested, explored every idol worshiping that was available in the world. Mm -hmm. Every culture, every religion, every philosophy about a different God, he, he, he explored. And he finally came to the conclusion that the Jewish religion is the true religion. And when a person who knows all the other gods comes to the conclusion that all of this is nonsense and the Jewish religion is the true religion, this gave God the desire to give the Torah to the Jewish people. You understand? You know, sometimes a person can say, oh, I'm Jewish, why I'm Jewish? Because that's why I was raised, I was born. I don't know anything. Somebody can come and tell you, you know anything better. You know, I say, I don't like pork. People tell me, you ever taste pork? You say, you don't like pork. If you taste it, and then you don't, you say, don't like it, I understand. You don't even know that there is such good things in the world. The same thing a person who is raised in the Jewish religion say, oh, I'm the Jewish religion. Say, you ever explored, you know what's going on. You don't know anything. What do you think me? You're telling me it's the only religion. But then a person who never who, who saw everything and heard everything, and he says, listen, my friend, I tried everything, I experienced everything. And I'm telling you, I look, I tried all the culture, all the ideologies, all the religion. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like the Jewish religion. This is the only truth. This gives many people the strength and the enthusiasm to fall in love with the Torah again. And that's why to a point, converts or people who come back to their Jewish religion are giving, creating excitement to religious Jews. Because they say, look, this famous, this is Mark Zuckerberg or Jesus, this person, what is it, if, if, if he left everything and came back to religion, obviously there is something exciting here. 
Hmm? You understand? Hmm. Then this makes other people want to come to the Jewish religion. That's why converts are actually a big asset to the Jewish people in a certain way. In this way that they that they that they wake up the Jews to say, if this person who lives in Holland and has everything, and his wife is not Jewish and he's not Jewish, left the whole life behind and started and wanted to to become join the Jewish people with all antisemitism, with all everything that's going on. Must be there is something to maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I didn't explore enough. That's what it's all about. 